On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Uh, Yeah, good morning and welcome to Racing HQ on this Monday, the 20th of February. Looking forward to taking your call today. Dave Stanley with you this morning and we've got a big morning on Sky Sports Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the big sports breakfast as well. The boys will be back from 5.30 tomorrow morning. What about the weekend that was? We saw some great performances from some nice horses and this carnival now is going to be in full swing in both states and across the country and We'll be very interested to see how it all unfolds. Our panel today is Ron Doversy, Glenn Mundy and David Gately. So that's who will be joining us a little bit later on. And as I said, we'll take your calls on 135353. Ron Doversy is a part of our panel today, which is Glenn Mundy, David Gately as well. Duff, hello to you, mate. How was your weekend on the punt? Uh, yeah, it was good. And, uh, terrific days racing, David, obviously at that time of year that we're in and the Hobartville was an exciting race, the Silver Slipper, where the two-year-old pitcher's um, still alive with uh, Cylinder putting his hand up there and the emergence of this young man, uh, Zach Lloyd, um, is just incredible. Uh, he hasn't been riding that long and what's he, he, he's, um, he's striking better than James McDonald. He's the highest straight rap, strike rate jockey in Sydney on the metropolitan area, which is a feather in his cap, I must say. And those apprentices, Schiller, Gibbons and Jack Lloyd, are running second, third and fourth in the yeah. premiership. Uh, that's amazing. We talk about how strong the Sydney jockey's room is. And when, when we've got three-star apprentices singling out behind McDonald, you know, it's only going to get stronger. Do you think, Duff, um, in your time, that these are three of the best apprentices we've ever seen? We've seen lots of champion apprentices, but as an individual group, um, I, I, I must say... Um, We've got those three, and there's others amongst them as well. And uh, and uh, obviously we've got Reese Jones there as well. And uh, Mark Newnham's helped the system all the way through. He's um, he's the new Theo Green as far as educating a lot. And I see he's got a, another boy riding at the trials this morning, Jasper Franklin. So um, he's got big shoes to fill. Uh, he'll be giving his opportunity probably in the provincial area before he comes to town. And so I think as far as um, the apprentices in Sydney at the moment, I think, were very worried four or five years ago. I think we're in pretty good shape, uh, considering we don't breed jockeys very small these days. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think I've got to give Corey a rap. He, he's doing a great job with those apprentices, keeping them in tow. It's going to be the ha- hardest job in the world. Um, but I, I think they're in good hands. They certainly are. We've got David Gately joining us as well. Uh, Gator, hello to you, mate. How was your weekend? Yeah, a little bit of a mixed bag, but uh, I thought both tracks, Flemington and Rose Hill, played well enough to give punters their chance for sure. And Glenn Munsey, hello to you, mate. Uh, your weekend on the punt, you found that uh, horse for us. Um, the name eludes me. Oh, it was early in the day. You were very, very keen on it. I should remember uh, this. Well, Dave, the Silver Slipper winner, we're probably That's talking it, about Cylinder. David Cylinder. Cylinder. So. Uh, that's uh, two weeks in a row, Dave, uh, uh, that I have found a, a winner in the punters well panel done. multi. Well done. But, um, you know, it's, it's, there's no I in team, Dave, uh, but there's an M and an E. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning to Ron. Good morning to Gator and all the listeners. Yes, quality racing. Ronnie, those apprentices uh, between them rode seven of the 18 winners 
on wow. Friday and Saturday. Friday night at Canterbury, a treble to Dylan Gibbons. Saturday, a treble to Zach. Uh, Lloyd and also a winner to Tyler Schiller. They are just on fire at now, the moment. There's uh, a bit of, bit of pub trivia as well. When was the last time something like that happened on uh, on a, a two Metro meetings months? Well, to ride nearly half the program yeah. between them uh, in, in two days. Uh, and uh, Tyler, you've got to remember, Tyler Schiller's doing this without a claim. So he's, he's riding on level level stakes with the, uh, the senior riders. And he's extended his, his premiership out for the one reason to try and win the premiership title this year. Let's talk about, uh, firstly, the Hobartville boys. There's a text on the text line here already about uh, Zoo Tiger and Ozapenko. Obviously, Aft Cabin uh, went down as a short-price favourite. Give us your overview of the race, Duff. Um, well, I think he's, he's a very good horse, the winner, and we've all known that. And a winner doing the world of good, and, and nothing went right first up for him. And he, he capitalised back at home there, 1,400, inside draw and jumping cleanly. I still think he'll be better ridden a length further back when he gets to the mile and he's uh, the timing is just perfect for him so he may have been eight or nine dollars there or whatever he was and uh, but there was no fluke in that performance he's a really really good good cold under the radar there uh, zoo tiger he did the work he fought very hard i must say so um interesting the next move for john i thought he was saying um tossing up between the ramwick guineas and freshen up for the canterbury stakes so we'll leave that to john but He's a he's a horse that he's going to be peaking next, uh, and obviously the horse I want to uh, well I, the horse I want to follow more so going forward to the two thousand is Matchalade because he was wasn't as forward as the other couple, and he was very competitive with him, and we know he'll get uh, better as his races uh, his distances are increased. After Cabin, I know there's lots of excuses there, but he he didn't settle and he missed the start. He over raced. He did more work, um, but still. Uh, he's a dollar fifty chance, and uh, if he got beat, you know, a length or so, I would have said, "Yeah, okay, let's be forgiving." But this this business is all about pricing, so what uh, all depends what price they put him up next time. Whether the punters want to be forgiving, or you know, if he goes up six to four or something again, you'd you'd have to look elsewhere. I'd say, well, I will be. Gator, your assessment of the Hobartville? Yeah, well, firstly on on F Cabin, I mean, if he's um, if he is a dollar fifty and, and any horse, uh, they lose one in three, don't they? So they win the other two, um, and with that run he had, uh, I don't see too many win. Um, the race itself, forty eight oh one first eight hundred, solid enough, certainly well above all averages, but a length and change below the Group Two average for three year olds. Uh, they didn't come home super strong, um, and overall time, not dynamic either, 122.3. Had them about four lengths below the class average as well. So, um, you know, there wasn't a lot between the first uh, six. Uh, so that's been the theme, hasn't it, of the three-year-old generation. Same at Flemington on Saturday again as well. Munns? Um, well, it was, a, it was a race, Dave, that probably was going to be determined in the first two or 300 metres as where aft cabin or aft cabin uh, was going to settle. It was probably expected that he would use Zoo Tiger uh, to drag him across. But when he missed the start, you know, you've only got to miss it a half, three quarters of a length and your, your plans are completely out the window. Timmy Clark, he had to make a decision very, very early. And, and I said to Ronnie uh, when we are watching the race, you know, I reckon what he'll do here is just sort of wait, wait, and as they get to that first turn, work his way forward. Uh, it's typically how 
Jimmy Clark rides like mile races at Randwick. He'll go in a straight line and get to that bend and then carve across. But he just couldn't get there as easily as he wanted to. He was still travelling, or he looked to be travelling pretty sweetly when they turned for home. But when Timmy asked him for something, he had nothing there. Now, um, the concern is now, um, you know, his 1,400 metre form was very, very good. He'd had the, the two starts at 1,400. He'd won at Sandown and he'd won at Caulfield. Um, he just had to do that touch more work. He, he's got to try and extend out to the mile at the Randwick Guineas. And, you know, the market will definitely take him on for that reason and already has. But he had to be... He had to be labelled as disappointing because his last 100 metres was pretty plain. What do we do, uh, gents, with Williamsburg? There's a text on the text line. Hey, guys, Williamsburg, big odds. What did the panel think? What do you think, Duff? A significant improvement from mm. first up, and we know he's a miler. Um, he might His best chances to drop a rain, I would have thought, uh, because his best form has been on he- the heavier tracks. But that was very encouraging to see him improved so much because the jury was out on his um, on the Eskimo Prince run with him because he was pretty well beaten there but uh, that was much much better for him to hit the line like that and get past most of them uh, so yeah uh, 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 if you've got eyes for him I'm not going to sit here and put you off him because uh, he, he's, a, he's a good little long shot chance and um, I'll come to you here Gator um, hey guys can you ask Gator about Brosnan Brosnan, of course, finishing six in that same race, Hobartville. That come, comes in from Peter. Yeah, look, he's a good talent, isn't he? I think, um, you know, he worked to the line really well. He was back and too wide with cover. He was sort of three lengths off the third horse. Machelade beaten pretty much the exact same margin. And the section was backed that up, 11.48 home. Had him third quickest in the race. Look, he ran well, but the problem he's got is there tend to be horses in front of him a lot of the time at the end of the race. 13.53.53 is the open line number. Now we can get to Sean. He's there. G'day, mate. Yeah, guys, how are you? Good. What's uh, your question? I've got two questions. One, one for Roddy. Matthew um, Latte, where does it go to? Is it a mile or a mile Yeah, he'll go to the Randwick Guineas at a mile, and, uh, and then he'll go to the 2,000 metres of the Rose Hill Guineas, which might be his race. And yeah, who knows? He might even treat him as a derby horse after that, Mark. So... Uh, that I haven't heard, but I'd suggest that the, the obvious for him is the Randwick Guineas, Rose Hill Guineas. Right, and one more thing, but I'm not sure you didn't answer it. Uh, Jigsaw, is that going to race this weekend or next weekend in, down in Melbourne? Um, I'm not sure um, you know, what they're up to with Jigsaw. He's, he's, he's going well in, in Melbourne, isn't he, Gator? Yeah, I think they are going to eye off the Oakley Plate, so okay. there'll be nowhere to hide on the speed in that race. Beautiful, Sean. Thank you, mate. There's Sean on the line. Um, 13.53.53, the open line number. Let's talk about um, the Lightning. Um, uh, just on Jigsaw, oh, yep. I, just, I just see spelling, so they must have put him out after that, uh, after that Moon, win. Mooney Valley win, yeah. Because he was one that uh, Gator, we, we sort of labelled as a, he's just a trier, isn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, he's, what he's done this prep is run really quick times as well, so he's got a track record to his name this prep, two of them, I think, so... Um, so you can't do that if you're not fast, but uh, no. yeah, they, I, I know they were going off the Oakley plate, so maybe um, yeah, just end of prep. He's had some hard racing, so he's in good hands though. Yeah. All right, let's talk this um, this Lightning guys. Uh, obviously, uh, great to see Cool and get a winner, especially if you backed it. It's always great to see these good two-year-olds uh, continue on their life and, and produce it against the big guns. It was very. Um, 
Very hard not to, to miss the run of the second horse, though. I wish I win, Gator. Where are we? Um, a 31.62, last 600. So uh, you can watch a lot of races on the planet, um, and not many can produce that sort of speed at the end of their race. And then 10.88 home, clear fastest of any horse all day. Impossible to miss. Um, three-year-old one, again, uh, in Coolangatta. Three-year-old beat us, beat the older horses last week in Lofty Strike. Um, three-year-old won the All-Stakes, albeit with help from the umpires. And don't be scared backing the three-year-olds. That's the story here. I picked the wrong one with bonus notches, but he was good. He didn't quicken it like Wish I Win did, but... His last 100 was really nice work. He'll head towards the new market as well. But the problem is I wish I win will be there as well. Mm. Duff, what did you make visually of it? Now, obviously, uh, our eyes as well were on Nature Strip and, and also uh, Born as Notches from a Sydney point of view. But, um, uh, I mean, you've been lucky enough to see I wish I win in the flesh, winning that Golden Eagle. And you must have been just like, wow, wow, we. Yeah, he's uh, – well, I, I think he's a, a good chance of being the best horse in Australia. And considering he can do it up to fifteen hundred metres, mm. so the options are there all a lot, all for a lot of very good races from, you know, Everest to overseas to to anything you want. Um, if uh, you know, if he continues on the upward spiral uh, where he's resumed there, uh, that was unbelievable. Um, I think what is not just is work in progress for big things, but just. Um, Slowly, slowly with him, but he, he's a very talented horse. And he, look, we we love Nature Strip. He was disappointing. We know that, but he's the man, and he can be very careful bagging a uh, a sprinting champion like him. Because you'll end up with egg on your face. We'll leave that to Chris to sort out. But uh, I must say, he 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 pretty well looked the first horse beaten there. Mm. Uh, and a very interesting months uh, to hear. Well, not interesting, but I mean, when Luke Nolan gets off and says, "I've only ridden one that quickens better." Obviously, we can guess which one that is. Um, the great man, Black Caviar. That's that's huge uh, rap, really, considering. Um, so, no doubt, uh, the old hair, Edward Scissorhands, came out with all these markets based on the back of that performance. Uh, I would say so, Dave. I, I don't have a system here at the moment. They okay. uh, had a, an upgrade last night and normally... Uh that's all right. I don't have a great. So well, I I've got j- just I off. I haven't got it. I know you. You obviously would have the holds and the figures, but but just going off um, prices uh, in the futures market for say the new market handicap. He's four dollar equal favourite now within secret. I wish I win, and the opening price from when markets first opened was eleven. I'm not sure of his price before that run on on Saturday. He would have obviously been well in that market. Um, a lot of people too. I did see on the socials, and if you've got, if you guys have got a comment here on this, um, Imperatriz or Patriz, I'm not sure how you connect. Imperatriz, the Imperat- Kiwi. Yeah, man. it apparently has towed up. I wish I win, or it's, or it's beaten. I wish I win over in New Zealand. So a lot of people are sort of saying, "Well, hang on, wait till it gets here." But you kind of, with those sort of horses, stuff. Obviously, it's it's done that over there. Getting to here, it's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Yeah, and that was a long time ago, and this horse has obviously uh, been a bit of a slow mature. You see some photos of I Wish I Win as a foal, and he had bent legs everywhere, so he's, he's taken time uh, to, to mature, and um, you know, I'm not bagging Imperatrice. She's a sensational mare in her own, in her own turf, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think you'll find 
he'd start a shorter price than her over here. But she, look, I'm, I'm respecting her. I'm respecting her, but mm. uh, he's just could be another level. It's, it's, it's going to be a, a fascinating year, isn't it, with these sprinters, guys? Because obviously we'll have the new market, then we'll have the those sprint races here in Sydney, uh, culminating, of course, in the TJ, and then we'll be, you know, looking towards who buys or who, who, who locks away certain runners for the Tab Everest. And now, you know, obviously we've seen Nature Trip go down there on the weekend, but no doubt he will bounce back, up, maybe up here in Sydney. And But you look at that new market handicap, I wish I win in secret, Imperatez, Private Eye, Giga Kick, last year's Everest winner, Cool and Gatter, Marzu, who we know will be there this year um, after he did the, the, the deal with Arrowfield with the double slot. So might be a little changing of the guard. Mind you, we've said that the last couple of seasons and it doesn't really change. David's on the line. Uh, wants to talk Blue Diamond. Good morning, David. Hi, how you going, boys? Duff, everyone. Um, I'm a big fan of Barber. Um, well, he's won for me, so that always helps. But um, he looks a really special cult. But I just wonder you know, what you think. His last win looked really impressive, but the Philly exploring of the Phillies division went um, half a second faster, which is about three lengths. Um, she's about $17. He's about $5, I think, in markets. But um, what, what do you read in that? Like, the Phillies went so much quicker... Um, and yet Barber still looks the one to beat. Um, what, do you, what do you think of the time? Like, she just they just went so much quicker, the Phillies. Yeah, that's uh, always on the same day, and uh, the Phillies obviously get the weight relief as well, but Barber's got a big rap on him, and he's untapped, so he's, he's unbeaten, so we don't know how good he is. Um, he, I did hear an interview with James Cummings prior to that race, and he says there's plenty left up the sleeve. So he went into the race with improvement to come. So how much improvement? Um... Well, he might need a little bit on the clock, but uh, it's hard to bag him, uh, Gator. Yeah, that's right. And, um, I mean, the overall time is really only one piece of the puzzle, isn't it? But um, it's certainly worth uh, keeping an eye on. Um, but, you know, the uh, uh, the race was run a bit quicker early, so that was, they're entitled to run a slightly, or certainly significantly quicker time that day, the Phillies. Can I just say something about oh, James Cummings? Yes, mate. Yeah, no, just so that's coming. Um, like most of you guys here, and when I was a, a little boy, I was, you know, with Bo's Dam. That's where I first remember horses. But we're all brought up, you know, the Cummings, Bart Cummings legend. I just think it's great that um, his grandson, James, just like a link to the past, is doing so well. And I think it's just fantastic that a Cummings seems like going to be around for the next couple of decades. I just think it's great. Just It's just such a great link to the past. Us who's brought up with um, the Bart, Bart Cummings legend that his grandson's doing so well. He's doing an amazing job. Terry's other grandson goes pretty good too, Ed. Yep, yep. He hasn't got the Godolphin team behind him, but yeah. for for James to take over such an empire like that at a, at a young age and get things running so smoothly, you see those horses walk around the yard and they're so well educated and no stones left unturned and they've got a lovely team of... Uh, the way they place them, the way they ride them, um, so they, they get they they get everything right to, from getting their horses right to their tactics right. Uh, so it's a big start. Thanks for your call, David. We've got Mark on the line. Uh, good morning, Mark. Morning, Dave. Morning, boys. Uh, I used to reserve these questions uh, <clears throat> if I spotted a horse I liked, but. Uh, late great but uh, unfortunately very sadly that's not available anymore but um, maybe uh, Gator Miramasa mate what did you think of him on Saturday and would he be coming to the Oaks in Sydney 
Um, look, he was he was terrific on Saturday. Um, he was last, hopeless, mid-race. And by hopeless, I mean tailed off and ridden along. Just couldn't keep up with them. Um, but then, gee, his finale was terrific. Uh, he's just screaming out for ground. He just he looks a star of the future, absolutely. He's 11.36 home. If you delete the um, lightning stakes, uh, he was second fastest of any horse at the end of the day, so the end of the race. So a lovely return from him from a staying perspective. Yeah, definitely a derby horse, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think? Yeah, well, he was a bit immature, wasn't he, at last prep? And, and what I was hoping to see this time in was him quicken a little bit better. He hasn't gained that, but he hasn't lost his finale. So, look, he'll certainly stay. He's just got to stay. What did the great Bart used to say? You've got to, you've got to just stay. Uh, you've got to be, you know, stay better than him. So um, he'll have plenty of opposition. Uh, but uh, he, he's, if I had a share, I'd be excited. Put it that way. That, mate. That'll do me. Perfect, Mark. Thank you very, very much for your call. Uh, Aiden is on the line now. Good morning, Aiden. Yeah, g'day, boys. How are we going? Very good. Excellent. Yeah, just a quick one. I just want to get your opinion on King's Gambit um, going forward. Um, I'm not ready to throw the towel in just yet um, and, and his slipper chances. Yeah, he's been a bit of a handful and, and probably another excuse there on Saturday with him getting so hot and uh, overreacting and uh, he had his a few little mind on other things he tried to mount the pony apparently and um, and then he uh, didn't have a back to follow he didn't conserve energy so all those things factored in um, he could well be a big improver if he gets his act together so I I, I can see where you're coming from you don't want to uh, bar him yet especially if he if the market bars him, he's certainly going to be over the odds at some stage, leading leading into his next assignment. Yeah. No, I appreciate that, boys. Cheers. Uh, I might get a comment on, on that race then from you, Gator, as well. I mean, uh, we saw Cylinder come out and get the job done. And What did you make of King's Gambit and that race overall? Look, the first three were terrific. They nearly lapped the other three. Um, King's Gambit, given the myriad of excuses been been 0.9 of a length and was still quickest home last for his final two 200 splits so I certainly wouldn't be losing faith the problem is if you're backing him you've got to take all that into um, account don't you that he can do a lot sort of wrong still and he over raced the first half of it so his effort to get within a length I thought was terrific and, and Cylinder we think is the top seed for the almighty um, get off into winning every two year old race the race itself has rated exceptionally well. So 29.8 first 500, time 1.32. They've gone slightly quicker than a horse called Andermatt on the day. He was well back to beat Eduardo one day, and that was off a slower first 500 sectional. So, look, not many two-year-olds are able to do that against quality older sprinters. So take plenty of notice of the first three over the line, I would say. That would be my suggestion. Thanks very much for your call, Aiden. There you go, Gator. Uh, you were obviously all over Cylinder, weren't you, Mums? All over. Well, Dave, I, I just thought, you know, he, he was the one that um, still had some upside. His first run in a race at Newcastle, well, he drew the outside alley, he went back to last in a 900, and then went to Melbourne. He had that incident in the barriers prior to the jump. 
which was found out after the race that he'd broken his jaw. Uh, I thought he trialled on Monday very, very nicely, and he was going to get the right run. I, I, I had concerns about King's Gambit, whether he's a wet tracker, Dave. Everything he's done has been on rain-affected tracks. Uh, and Platinum Jubilee, well, I, I think her best runs have been when she's been off the speed. Well, it's, uh, she was going to be ridden, well, the change of tactics there, ridden with the intent to lead. And I just thought uh, the race just set up too well for Cylinder and, and it panned out that way. He was, he was a little bit green. Uh, the last 200 metres, but uh, the three the three picks really put a space on the rest of them. They certainly did. We've got um, a, another caller on the line. Wayne's on the line. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning, mate. What's just want to talk on to your Gator mind, mate? If I could. Yes, mate. I just want to have a talk to Gator, mate, about a horse uh, race Friday night at Mooney Valley called Chalkstream. I'm just wondering, was that track, was the problem in the horse, he didn't go around the horse, he's he tailed off at the end of the field. It was a terrible run. Was the track hard? Or well, yeah, it'd been a hot day, so but they tend to prepare that track uh, really well as a rule. Um, but yeah, that's not the real chalk stream. But there's at least two of him. You know, that's the problem. Um, so from a punning perspective, I, I can't, I can't find him. Um, you know, what does he win at twenty to one brilliantly? And then he just was never close. Look, I haven't seen the stewards report, so. You know, that may well tell another story, but um, he's hard to trust. I'll, I'll put it that way. Ronnie? Yes, mate? Mate, I've got to go into bat a little bit for our, our cabin. Like, the horse looked like he was cooking up in the stall. He, he, he was four wide the trip. The winner never went around the horse, and he's only got beat a bit over two lengths. I mean, it'd been a bit hard on him, I thought. Like, the horse never... He covered more ground than the early settlers. Yeah, I, I know where you're coming from, being a bit harder on him, but he, when you've got a $1. sixty uh, profile, you should have a, be able to come overcome a, a little difficulty, difficulty. You know, Look, I could make it a, a case for him, but as far as his dominance was concerned at his previous win, that wasn't there. So maybe it was just a, a little bit of second-up syndrome there. Maybe it was the hot day, but they all had to put up with it, and, and there, were, there were worse horses than him as far as uh, getting hot, but... Yep, um, you, you stick it with him if you like. He's, he's four dollars sitting there for the Ramwick Guineas, and it's better than a dollar sixty. What did you think of the ride? Did you think he should have went back, or? Well, the, the ride, the, the, there's not much he could have done once he missed the start because he was a marked man, and, and as Glenn said, he was he was ready to cross, and then I th- I, I thought even though they may have cost him the race through Tiger, I thought he used he, he, he used his tactics just to make that favourite do a little bit more work so he could uh, have last look at him. And it sort of didn't work. But, um, yeah, he, he just had to do a little bit too much work. I'm not blaming the ride because it, it just was the horse's fault at the start. And then there's, when you're a marked man at $1.60 from a wide draw, they're not going to hand it to you and you don't want them to hand them to them. No, no. I think with J-Mac on next up, it might be different horses. Yeah, we'll see what J-Mac wants to ride. It might give us a good lead, whether he wants to ride it or he gets a choice now. He can ride Ozapenko, probably. I don't know. I was supposed to have to leave Nash on Ozapenko, but we'll see. Thanks for your Thanks, call, mate. Wayne. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we've got uh, Lincoln on the line now. Good morning, Lincoln. Loving these calls, by the way. Give us a, a ring, 13.50.353. This is the whole point of Punners Postmortem, especially this time of the year. It's uh, that you can jump on the phone and ask Duff, Gator or Munns anything you want. G'day, Lincoln. G'day, Dave. Uh, I've just got a question for Gator. Fire away, mate. Uh, just the run of Muramasa on Saturday at Flemington. I thought it was pretty impressive. What do you think, Gator? Yeah, I think we touched on him before. I think um, uh, the finale was, was outstanding. Tailed off last. Uh, couldn't keep up, but zoomed late. Last 100 with lovely work. 
uh, second quickest home of the day outside of the uh, the uh, the Lightning. And um, what what would be his main target this autumn? I think they'll probably head towards. He looks a stayer, doesn't he? So um, they'll probably head towards the um, uh, ATC Derby, I'd imagine, and uh, try and pick one off on the way. Beautiful, thanks, Jada. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks for your call, Lincoln. Thirteen fifty three fifty three. Is the open line number if you want to get involved uh, with the show. Gator, there's a text on the text line here in relation to race number three on the card there. And this was it, of course, Flemington, the big-trained uh, runner. Um, and your thoughts? Look, it was, an, it was a nice win. Mahaba was the name as well back. Um, and, you know, everyone and their dog was, was tipping it and uh, took some riding to win the race. Um, similar to the trials and the debut, I think there's still very much... A work in progress, still learning the craft. Uh, as you step up in grade, you, you're going to have to learn to quicken. Um, maybe a gear change or two will come. But look, good solid win. Uh, clock, um, you know, okay, without raving. Uh, relative to listed grade, he's gone about a length below uh, the class for that age group and that uh, distance. And another text on the text line. Hey, guys, just follow the O'Day Hoisted team when they take horses to Melbourne. Absolutely airborne. It does seem that way, Gator. When they take these horses from the Gold Coast and from Brisbane, they they know the right ones to take. Gee, this was a good ride by Damien Lane, too. He just took the race by the scruff of the neck, didn't he? Well, he did. I think he, he rode the horse to the horse's best attribute, and that is a sustained speed. I mean, he was held up as a beaten favourite Gold Coast uh, on a more moderate tempo. There was a, was a weight for age, sure. Um, but that's not the way, in my very humble, the way to ride him. I think you've got to use... He, he's got to roll along. He's two wins at Flemington. Uh, at two of his last three starts here at 1,400, he's, he's run 13 lengths above average back in September, uh, whenever it was. And on Saturday, near 10 lengths above average. So 121.9 is a terrific gallop. He's done it with 60 kilos. He's done it from the front, setting a, a 47.5 first 800. All on as winner for mine. We've got another call on the line here. Swampy. G'day, Swampy. Yeah, g'day, mate. Uh, probably Duff. But you the bloke I'd ask. Yes, mate. Duff. I read the stewards report a fair bit, the sportsman, and I don't understand what... It's, what does it mean when a horse bounded to start? It means they jump up, like a bunny hop, like they jump up in the air. Um, oh, like okay. A, yeah, yeah, so when they jump up in the air and they lose a bit of momentum. So he, he's bounded in the air. Instead of jumping out cleanly, they've just, just jumped upwards, uh, which is uh, they lose ground. Oh, okay, mate. I, yeah. I, I just didn't know, you know, when you're trying yeah. to, you know, like held up at the 50, went the line... Not fully tested. I just didn't know whether it had much to do with the bounding you know, in like the air. The yeah. Of the horse and, yeah, yeah, yeah. All just right, mate. Good on, thanks, good on hopes. Thanks for your call there, uh, Swampy. Uh, more callers coming in, 13.53.53. Text on the text line, can you ask stuff about King Frankel? I might get a comment from all of you here on the Parramatta Cup. But in fact, I might come to you here first, Muns, because we mentioned on Friday this was one of the better-backed runners for the whole card, and uh, they just kept wanting to back King Frankel, didn't they? Well, he, and he, he gained in popularity, Dave, when Irish legend came out Saturday morning. Um 
because Irish legend was going to be the horse that probably, you know, would roll along up near the lead and just another go-forward horse. But uh, it was a very, very smart ride from Tyler Schiller when you consider he was resuming in a 1,900-metre race. Banjoo, who was going up in distance, he jumped the best and he went a bit uh, went a bit keen the first couple of hundred there, Banjoo. So Tyler just slotted King Frankel in uh, behind him and had no intention of sort of getting up there and taking him on or anything like that. But he still had to run Banjoo down. And for a horse to be able to, to do that in a 1900, see, uh, when we spoke about the race on Friday with another sort of leader being Irish legend, it was going to make it a, a pretty brutally run race. And, you know, there was a question mark on whether or not King Frankel would be able to sort of um, run sort of along in a, in a really, really solidly run race and still had something left at the finish. But uh, to be able to run Banjoo down considering Banju had the, the fitness edge on him. It was a, a, a very, very good effort. Um, the boys thought he'd get out in the market um, on Saturday morning, and he was, you know, he was, he was 270 into 230 pretty early Saturday. Uh, he didn't really uh, get out savagely by the death, but there, uh, I wouldn't say there was anything sort of you know, really, really well back to beat it, because Banju was a drifter as well. Beautiful. Uh, and a comment from King Frankel from yourself, Duff and Gator. Yeah, we good, good, very good training performance. First up, nineteen hundred in a, you know, where he had to do a bit of work. And um, the second horse deserves a lot of credit for the fight he showed after being a little aggressive at his first try at nineteen hundred. But look, they're hoping to get him into the Sydney Cup uh, with fifty kilos or so on his back, and he might be able to go a good little lightweight chance considering his winning strike rate. Uh, since he's been here in Australia. So uh, a lovely start to his preparation and um, a good, strong, solid performance. Yeah, I'm glad I tipped against him since, you know, he won so well. But, look, it was an odd sort of race. It was like watching a Formula One race. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six, all just stayed in their spots the whole way around the track. So um, when that happens, I'm always a bit nervous. But the horse is really promising. Exactly right. Uh, let's get to Glenn on the line. Uh, good morning, Glenn. Good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, just a question with um, what the big, big tour and tab did on Saturday with um, combined pools with overseas, uh, with the overseas pools, and um, noticing that you know they're up to up to a million dollars um, most races. Where does who gets the percentage? Does the big tab get that or or not? Muns. Yeah. Sorry. But, so um, it's in relation to the world pool. So let's say there's uh, a, a million bucks in the super tab pool because combined. Um, how do the percentages work with, with takeouts and whatnot? Uh, Are they I all think, the same? Uh, it's normal. Uh, I think the takeout rate is actually a little bit higher, Dave, mm. uh, in the world pool. Um, I know Chris Roots was all over this uh, on Friday. Um, but I think you'll find it, the takeout's a little bit higher because the jurisdictions that are betting into the pool, their takeout rates are higher. Right. Yeah, I yeah. think the, the Glenn was asking who gets the percentage out of the pool. Is that delivered uh, worldwide as far as who where they're betting from? I don't know. Who would, like, uh, you know, the, the Victorian Racing Club wouldn't get the whole lot of the percentage of the of the, of the the pool, would they? Oh, no, no. There'd, no. there'd be some arrangement... Um, yeah. With with the whirlpool, what the whack up is, yeah. um, whether or not it's you know proportion of whatever your your own investment mm. is. You know, one thing I did love though, boys, and from watching those races there at Flemington, um, and it gets you thinking um, because I was in a, I was in a tab 
And for the first time in a long time, the young blokes that were sitting there and the young girls who probably go up and have their five, ten dollars on certain horses fixed odds because it might be what Gage is tipping or Davo's tipping, they were actually playing the tote. I was uh, because I was in the ACT. They were playing the tote because the prices were higher on the super tab tote than fixed odds. Does this now spark a bigger chat, Glenn, about merging all our pools together? and having a flat fee or a flat percentage rate which comes out, maybe it's 10%, maybe it's whatever, to drive money back into the tote. Because at the moment, fixed odds, especially with the younger generation, if we're going to go and buy something or if if something's doing, you know, we jump on Google, say the washing machine blows up, you go and buy wherever the the, the cheapest price is, whatever Google says. There's no loyalty to, to go to your local, you know, Better Electrical or Harvey Norman anymore. It's just wherever I can get the cheapest delivered to me, I will buy that. And that's just the way the world is. To educate sort of younger punters who have been dealing with fixed odds coming through, say they're bidding on NFL or NBA and they're taking certain prices, one of their big things or dramas with the toad is if they back a horse at $7 because they don't understand and then next minute it's only paid five sixty on the tote, they can't get their head around it. They'd rather lock the price in. But if they can, if we can create more volume in the tote and have horses like Wollumbi going off at seventeen eighty five instead of $12 fixed, is that the way in which we, have, we, we do it and we spur more money back in the industry? Well, Dave, the, the, the biggest stumbling block with a national pool is to get each and every state to agree... Yes. What you just spoke about? How was the the whirlpool money uh, carved up between all the, um, the 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 jurisdictions that are settling into the the whirlpool? If you can get each and every state government in Australia to uh, sit down at a roundtable discussion and agree to uh, a set amount that they they take out of the pool, you're a better man than I am. Mm. Uh, that is the major stumbling block of the national pool getting yep. all each and every state government to agree what their percentage will be out of it. And then they say whoever bets puts a, you know, where, if the bets come from Victoria, well, they'll get their percentage on the turnover in that state. But then you get incentives sport in. So if there's someone in, is lured to bet into the you know the Victorian part of the action and, and they get their rebates and uh, there's a lot of politics and, and it's very hard to get them to agree. I'd, I'd love a national pool and I've been calling for it for 20 years but it's when you get uh, people tell you why, um, it's very hard to get everyone in a room and agree to their slice of the pie. Mm, okay. Uh, and do you think that we will continue to see that across uh, the carnivals and possibly up here as well, that world pool? Oh. Well, the whirlpool sounds good, but not if you're taking an extra percentage out. You know, the dividends aren't going to be as big as you think. Because if you're taking, you know, 20% out instead of 15%, surely it's the partner that's got to pay for it. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly and, right. And, and you're comparing the fixed odds prices at the moment, Dave, with the, the paramutual prices. Well, the fixed odds market percentages have increased. I know that. Over, over the last... No, I'm just saying from a general years. retail point of view, because as I said, the people out there that are sitting and having their 20s, the young blokes who are just drinking schooners, aren't all uh, privy and understanding of what we're talking about now. They're literally just looking at the screen and going, right, well, if Wollumbi's $18 there or $12 fixed, I'm going to have my $10 on at the 18. And I, I know there's that other conversation we have um, from just a general retail point of view, from a, a price point, 
it was the first time in a long time that I have seen people going and, and literally yelling out across the tab, these young blacks, hey, back it on the tote, back it on the tote. And I don't think I've ever heard that for a long, long time. Yeah, oh, I've, that's... Seen, I've seen it happen, and then all of a sudden, if it's yeah, well it's... fancy by the pros, exactly. they just, as the last horse goes in the barrier that's crunch, right. that's $10. Right. Yeah, the, ma- the major variations won't happen as much with the bigger pools. Now, you look at Cool and Gatter was $8 fixed odds and was $6 on the tote. Uh, so there's a, a situation that, you know, you're getting a, 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 better, a better spoil there, fixed odds, rather than you were on the tote. Um, I think Mahaba, uh, Noble Heights was eleven dollars. I'm just looking at Melbourne because they're the um, they're the races we're looking at. Um, Noble Heights was eleven dollars fixed odds, paid nine forty on the tote. Uh, Mahaba was three thirty fixed odds, paid two seventy five on the tote. Now, uh, and that was a wind pool of um, you know nine hundred thousand. So you'll still get the variations there. Um, because the, the the big syndicates big syndicates love big pools because they they, they can actually invest more into them mm. uh, w- without you know carving themselves up and the the bigger syndicates will, will love uh, the national pool because uh, it, it it brings all the money into into them rather than sort of trying to play the the the, the, the three different tote pools what it will do it will absolutely murder. Um, the corporates pay, uh, betting your yeah. best tote. Best tote plus 5% or whatever it is, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Gary's on the line. Good morning, Gary. Yeah, g'day, boys. Um, inquiring two jocks, first of all, Damon Butler. He hasn't claimed in his own backyard around Canberra, etc., etc. In fact, he's even got two rides at Sapphire Coast. He hasn't claimed for ages. It just amazes me he hasn't transferred his dentures, indentures to the um, to the city. Is there any reason for that? I would know. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't answer that question. There's got to be apprentice, and like Sydney being so competitive, three kilos is a hell of a lot. Mm. And like he is well and truly, you know, he's you know he rides against a lot of good jocks in sort of around the Canberra area. I yeah, just he, cannot he, understand. He does ride uh, at the, 55 the kilos, though. Was Nikita Berryman. I've always sort of followed her from the time she won that big race, um, Tears I Cry. And uh, she rode in the... Uh, she, she went down to Melbourne for the uh, the Blue Diamond Prelude, and she runs second on... Oh, I just forget what a horse was, a real speed machine. And uh, she didn't ride this weekend. I was just wondering if she's been suspended, crook, etc., etc., uh, well, back to Damon Butler. He rides at 55, uh, 55, 55 and a half kilos. So he's not going to be that popular in town. No. He did have, he had two rides at Canterbury on Friday night, actually. And he could only claim one kilo on one of them, claim the three kilos on the other one. So he's not going to be that popular to trainers in Sydney if he can't ride below 55 kilos. No. So he's going to limit the number of rides he gets anyway. You know, Dylan Gibbons dropped his riding weight to 53 on Saturday, uh, and Zach Lloyd rides at 50. That's the, they're the sort of apprentices that are very, very popular to trainers because they want the full claim that they've got. He, he actually claimed it. He, he rode at Benalla last week. Uh, he claimed three kilos down there, but he was riding one horse had 62, and the other had 59 and a half. So, you know, weight is going to be his major restriction. 
to ride there. And uh, Nikita Berryman. Um, She's up yeah, in she, Queensland, Nikita. She, she, was, she was riding out of the sunny cut. She, yeah. she was actually... Was she working uh, for Michelle Payne? Or Michelle Payne, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she rode that, rode that horse in Melbourne the other day. I think she rode a, she rode a double or a treble not too long ago. Uh, then she had... Um, did she have a fall at the trials at the sunny coast? Uh, or I she think, get, yeah, um, possibly. You, you're, that, and then she went to Melbourne weird. after that. Uh, but she wasn't getting, you know, massive numbers of rides in, in, in Brisbane anyway. Now, uh, let's go to uh, our next text on the text line, 135353. I'll bring you back in here, Gator, because a couple of people here wanting to say, what about the ride of the day from Jason Collett on uh, Zirek, uh, or Zirek uh, in that uh, 1400? Gee, that was some win, wasn't it? Up the fence, blew the whistle. Yeah, look, it was a good, strong return win. I mean, it's not as if the horse fell in either and he's run time. So even though, um, you know, he's a big prize, uh, I think you have to take the win at face value. I agree, the ride certainly helped. It was a better race. Um, and overall, perhaps a better day to be on speed inside. Uh, but he's beaten the odds-on favourite fair and square for mine with only a kilo less. What about that ride from uh, Jay Collett, Duff? Well, it's become normal for him lately. Um, he just, he just, he loves to pick his way through the field, and he finds the fence there from barrier six or whatever he had, and he, he just got the dream run through. So all favours got the job done, and uh, lo, lo, no excuses for the favourite. I agree, he won on his merits, uh, say Rick. And Munns, what did Corey say? He calls him the sniper. The sniper, yeah. Uh, Jay Collett, <laughs> but uh, that's what he can do, and uh, no, no jockey rides the fence better than Jay Collett. No, certainly uh, not uh, now. And, and then, Dave, you, you say that. Look at his ride um, in in the midway, where he had barrier yeah. eighteen, uh, just you know, flopped out the back. Didn't get you know, didn't get to uh, completely last on cheerful legend, and just you know, tracked up you know three four off the fence and uh, let the others do the work for him in the second race there, and 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 had enough to to get the money. We're on Punters Postmortem, 9.55, the open line number. If you do have a question, give us a call. You've got five minutes to get involved with the program. On the other side, though, we'll look at horses to follow from the team that we can throw in our black book. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. You certainly are. Ron Duffersy, Glenn Munsey and David Gailey, your panel this morning, and we might get some horses to follow for our meetings on Saturday. Uh, Duff, what a, a couple of horses we can follow, do you reckon? Uh, Latte, uh, maybe wait till the Rose Hill Guineas. Um, I think he's come back really well. It's dangerous tipping horses to follow out of midways. They're not my favourite form lines, but Miracle Spin has come back well and he's got upside um, after missing the start there. He wants further. And Lindemann. Now, why? I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't rule out specking him in a, in a Ramwick Guineas. Uh, if they rode him in the same manner, he went straight to the front of the mile at Ramwick. I, I thought he was excellent there on Saturday, dominant. He ran much faster than the uh, the main race uh, over the same track and distance. So why can't you make a case for him at 40 to 1 in a, in a Ramwick Guineas? What about yourself, Gator? Uh, yeah, there's a couple out of, out of Flemington, and obviously everyone's black books captain is I wish I win. Brett uh, Outside of the the obvious the horse called Timor in race four, produced uh, an excellent finale off a really moderate tempo. Race was mostly dominated up on speed. So uh, that horse's name is Timor. Um, the other one, so we had I wish I win. And the other one I had was uh, Attrition out of the CFA. Didn't have much luck. To my eye, he may well have won it. 
Um, no knock on elliptical, but uh, attrition measured right up. And this Philly Pavitra, I thought she ran really well first up in the Millie Fox. Um, did a bit wrong, covered a bit of ground, so be beaten less than three lengths. Good return. I think she's a good talent. And Munns, your horses to follow. Um, well, I've got one out of the midway as well, Whiskey Wisdom. Now, it, it won a maiden at its last start at um, Kembla, albeit on a heavy track, and came straight to town uh, to a midway. So it jumped straight into a benchmark 72. Like, uh, uh, if, it, if it finds a you know, a restricted race back in the, the provincials, uh, I think it'll be very, very hard to beat. And I know he's had a lot of chances, but I thought Superium. Uh, he was coming off uh, a 30-day break where he, pu- he pulled up sore uh, at the Magic Millions, uh, but he's previously won at Ramwick before that, and he's running the razor sharp was good. So he had two solid runs before pulling up uh, lame at the Gold Coast, and I thought he found the line of right. So he's, he's got another win in him somewhere, Superior. And just on that horse, we <clears throat> had a few calls about Muramasa. He's a 25-to-1 chance in the derby. And there was a lovely trial from um, the sprinters this morning, uh, lost and running was terrific and shades of rose as well. And uh, we did have a call, but no. Well, we don't, no, no call there. I thought we were going to finish with a caller. Smack bang on 10 o'clock, boys. That's been Punters Postmortem this morning. We've got a big week ahead of us because obviously we roll in both states with this, uh, these good horses continuing. At Ramwick on Saturday, the 25th, we've got the Surround Stakes, which will be uh, a cracker as uh, the nominations have come through for that for that Group 1 and Geez, they all line up again. Uh, that's going to be a, a great race, the surround. And, of course, uh, down in Melbourne, we're racing at, uh, what, Sandown, and we've got the Blue Diamond Stakes. So uh, is there a barrier draw for that tomorrow, Gator? Will they do the Blue Diamond tomorrow? Yeah, I think so, Tuesday, yep. So that'll be, uh, obviously, a great race, and they'll have a good undercard as well. Gents, have a good, uh, a good Monday and a good week, and we'll chat next week. See you, guys. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave.